Talk lines are open now. Call 888-673-1450. This is the Kate Daly Show. Well, baby used to stay out all night long. She made me cry. She done me wrong. She hurt my eyes open. That's no So glad to be with you today. It's a rerun today, except for the fact that uh, this is a very, very prepared rerun because I'm compiling clips from 2015, 14, 15, and 16 to kind of show you uh, the contrast between the headlines. Please join the um, and the non-contrast, shall we say, which is even scarier. Um, it really was kind of a trip going back in time and really, really looking at some of the interviews with people and what they were saying. And it's just... Uh, Wow. Um, so welcome back. And of course, uh, get over to balanceofnature.com. Make sure that you do that because if, when you order Balance of Nature, you're going to feel so good about your health. And when you take that product, you're going to be better. Your health will be better. Uh, 31 fruits and vegetables. You can't beat it. Get the fiber drink with it too, because it makes a big difference in your cholesterol and sugar cravings and so forth. Um, it's like the best multivitamin on the planet. 31 fruits and vegetables, just do it. If you want to pull the trigger and you've heard me talk about it, just do it. Just try it. What do you have to lose at this point? Um, Code word Kate, okay? Also, uh, the FIQ products, copper, magnesium, it's on the bottom of the website. Those are fantastic trace minerals to take. FIQ, you'll see FIQ on there. Uh, But you have to click that in order to uh, credit the show with the sale of that. And then also, um, we have that in the fourth hour. Sign up for the fourth hour before it's too late. That starts next week, March 2nd, and uh, 2023. We were talking about all kinds of stuff in 2016. Everything from Jade Helm to, um, oh my gosh, you name it. I mean, it's vast. We were talking to Wolfgang Halbert, who actually performed um, safety measures for schools for years. And he had a lot to say about Sandy Hook. And so this is interesting going into the Wayback Machine, listening to Wolfgang Halbig. Um, Here you go. Here's the interview. Here's a portion of the interview with him. Listen to what he has to say, because this is this is really going back. And I love that. I love that he was bold enough to say it. He doesn't speak out like this anymore. Here we go. I said, I cannot believe you guys did not activate your life stars. He said, Mr. Halby, I got to tell you, we were as surprised as you are. We would never, ever received a phone call to get our helicopters up. Mm. Wow. Wow. Now, I want you to think of it. That's somebody's child. Yeah. That's a teacher. That's a school staff member. And somebody didn't have the courage to pick up a phone and get them in the air as quickly as possible. Right. Absolutely. You know, on on the other side, when shots are fired, one of the first things that we've learned from Columbine is whoever, you don't wait for SWAT anymore. You get in that school and you neutralize the threat. You stop that shooter from killing other people. Mm-hmm. And and then I found out that after the shooter was neutralized, he killed himself, committed suicide. Now I find out during the entire day, Kate, mm-hmm. they never allowed any paramedics or EMTs inside that school. Now, I, I, I mean, you've I got wounded in there. Wait, what? You know, 
I find that very hard to believe because guess what? One of our biggest missions is to get medical help in there as quick as possible. Yeah. So Safe. they weren't allowed in? Because I, 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 I read where they were bumbling for keys for the longest time, and these kids would have been locked in a closet. I mean, th- this is nothing adds up about the time frame either. Well, Kate, remember, the first call came in at 935-43. Supposedly, it was the first 911 call from the inside of the school. Nowhere, I mean, nowhere do you see it logged in the call for service report or in the incident report showing that somebody made a 911 call showing shots fired. What it says, there's an unwanted person inside the school. It doesn't even make sense. Well, yeah, that doesn't sound like a rush. I mean, you wouldn't, uh, on a call, if you're going to log it like that, that that would not alarm anybody, right? I mean, it really wouldn't be that big of a, as big of a deal as an active shooter call, right? Absolutely. What it did, if you look at the call logs and the incident log, it gave police officers a medium response, not a high response but a medium response, and also what it does to me as a former police officer, is that it put every one of those police officers at risk. They're responding to an unwanted person. I mean, it's a big difference when shots are fired than an unwanted person. Correct. Yeah, whether you walk in or you go in prepared. Right. Absolutely. Oh, my gosh. And so they get there, and it, the scene is strange. Well, the one thing I noticed about reading, I read through every single one of the police re- reports as far as they're talking with each other, is how relaxed everybody is. Hey, buddy, how are you? I mean, it was... It didn't seem as if anything uh, very uh, insane was going on at that moment or an active shooter or fear or it was just it was just so melancholy, the whole call. Well, if you go to uh, Sandy Hook Justice, www.sandyhookjustice.com, two Connecticut state troopers that I had in my class when I was an instructor for the Justice Department Mm -hmm. on active shooters, they actually gave me the script that was used by the Newtown police officers on that morning. That's what I read. I read that. script? It is a scripted event. And Dave, I can tell you, as you read it, Tell me where the police chief, tell me where the captain, tell me where the other four lieutenants are during the first hour of this massive shooting. They were no You don't hear them in you don't hear them in any communication calls. Where are they? They should have been right there next to the field commander. You know what? You do not hear them in any transmission for the first hour. The entire event is being run by a Sergeant Culgren S6. Wow. (laughs) Wow. You know what struck me in those transcripts as well, Wolfgang, was when the chief from a neighboring community came and they said on the radio, the chief, this chief would like to know where to make his appearance. (laughs) I just thought, I thought, am I crazy here? Because that just sounded so odd. I mean, the whole thing was odd and he didn't even show up for two hours. I mean, it was just and, and the thing about the shooting happening and then nobody being able to go into the school. Talk about that, because I thought that was the strangest, the strangest thing about that, that morning was that nobody was in the school or, or going into the school, right? Well, you remember that school supposedly had 600 students in attendance plus about 89 teaching staff. But as soon as I read the final report from the Connecticut's uh, attorney, uh, 
state attorney, Stephen mm -hmm. Sedensky, mm -hmm. when I started seeing that no paramedic and no EMTs were ever allowed inside, that to me is medical negligence, okay? Yeah. yeah. And because of the reason I say that too, please correct me if I'm wrong, and listeners, hold me accountable. I want to know, in my Connecticut FOIA request, I want to know who declared all of those 18 children and six school staff members plus Adam Lanzer legally dead in the first 10 minutes of that shooting, when in Connecticut only a doctor can pronounce them legally dead. And there were no doctors on site, correct, inside no, the school? medical examiner did not show up till 1.35 p.m. That afternoon? Oh, my gosh. Yes, sir. <laughs> wow. So, so imagine you've got 18 children. They're dead. They're supposedly dead laying inside the school. You got Adam Lanza in room 10. Mm -hmm. You got the principal and the psychologist laying in the hallway. Who declared them legally dead? I have no idea. I don't even know if anyone even asked that question because the way the media was hitting it was such a different, it was just such a different narrative. The whole thing was on the kids. I don't even think anybody would have asked during that time. Well, me, okay, Dave, let me ask you this. If you go back and look at your records, and I urge all of your listeners to do the same, please don't just listen to me. I can just tell you what I've read mm -hmm. and you decide. I, I don't want to force this on anybody. Right. But I, but I but this it just doesn't make sense. We can't even find the six hundred kids who's supposed to evacuate from school that day. Well Yeah, it, that's what I thought. It, Where's it, the buses? Yeah, okay, in Where's Columbine in Columbine I remember all the kids fleeing through windows and, and and trying to get out of the school. You saw hordes of kids and in this one they kept showing the same footage of just the little trail of kids that looked like they were getting ready for picture day. Um, just following the teacher. It was like a little tiny trail of kids and that was it. That was all we saw. Am I right? Yeah, absolutely. And think about all those parents who supposedly has a child in that school. Mm -hmm. They have today they have cell phones, picture phones, cameras. You don't see any pictures whatsoever taken by parents on that day. Oh, that's a How great is point. That even possible. That's a great point. I hadn't even thought of yeah. that because all these pictures, are, these are the ones they wanted released. And they're showing shots of cars in the parking lot. But it was such a strange, it looked like there was something else going on there. And at the time, um, I, you know, I, I think that there was a drill going on, correct? I mean, there had to have been because they even had porta potties out there. They had stacked things of water. They now, stay with that, Kate. Stay with that thought. Are you ready? Okay. There is somebody who doesn't have the common courtesy to call the trauma helicopters, mm -hmm. but somebody at the incident command center picks up the yellow pages and finds a porta potty company in Southbury, Connecticut, and orders 12 porta potties to be delivered in the first three hours. Now, what has a higher priority? Yeah, yeah, uh, absolutely. It's, it's just. You can hardly even comprehend that all of these little things that somebody wouldn't they wouldn't realize these these little things, because when you're looking no. at the pictures, there's even a sign in picture f for this drill. Right. Well, that's not a sign in. You got to make sure we say it correctly. You ready, Kate? OK. When you see this huge traffic sign out there, it's electronically programmed. Right. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Well, the average person 
They were looking at Gene Rosen. Remember, the only reason that sign ever comes into focus, you see Gene Rosen, some guy who has six kids being dropped off in his yard. Well, America is looking at Gene Rosen. He's being interviewed on every national news channel. He's the hero for the day. Mm -hmm. But in the background is this huge sign that says, everyone must check in. Now, I, being a former teacher, <laughs> I think that's a directive. Yeah, that's definitely Everyone a directive. Must check. That's what I call a directive. Now, who posted that directive? And here's the next question, Dave, uh, Dave Kate. Mm -hmm. Who's everyone? Yeah, exactly. Right. That and is then so strange. when we when we uh, issue the subpoena for the police chief, Mike Kehoe, for his uh, mm -hmm. testimony at the hearing in Connecticut, right. my attorney, Kate Wilson, asked the question, Chief. What do you say? What do you think that sign means? Everyone must. What does that mean to you? And did you post it? He said, well, I didn't put it up. And she said, well, what do you think it means as a police chief? Well, what it says is that all the visitors must sign in. This oh. is under oath. <laughs> wow. Wow. This wow. is under oath. Every visitor must. Now, who are the visitors? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Who are the visitors? I mean, it's 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 crazy. And, you know, on the radios, an hour into the event with an with this shooter. Right. And of course, of course, the, the narrative we're told is that this little tiny frail kid goes in and he shoots exactly this many people. Nobody else gets shot. And there was a class. There was a closet full of kids with a teacher. Right. And they're bumbling around for keys for an hour. Did those kids just stay in that locked closet for an hour? I, I guess it. nothing is making sense when you read the the police. This was so fascinating with Wolfgang Helbig. He did the safety uh, protocols for the schools. He was in charge of that. That's why he was such an important guest, asking all the right questions. I love that. And also, I listened to all those tapes um, that uh, the police put, you know, uh, the, the police scanners. Nobody was in a hurry to ever get there that day. It was very, very just lazy. It was very, oh, hey, how's it going, Bob? Very interesting. Be right back. More with that when I come back. Kate Daly Show.